welcome back to the For Film Sake Podcast, everybody. My name is Brian Archie, and I'm here with... Chris Lucky. And I'm sick as fuck. Hey. <laughs> so, welcome back, sick Brian, to the show. Mm-hmm. Chris, nice to see you. I'm going to be testing out my, uh, like we were talking about before the show, like you're sick, everyone in the house seems to either be sick now or has been previously <laughs> yes. sick, you know, due to it, and so it's like, it seems like this sickness is just like ruminating through the house, like it's everywhere, and I'm in like the epicenter, you yep, know, if, yeah. if it's stemming di- directly from you, I'm like where Brian stays most of the time, so like if I cannot get sick, then it kind of just like stands a testament to like all the uh, oils and stuff <laughs> I've been doing, but I, like I was saying before the show, like it might, this not, might not be enough, no, like man, we man, might man. have to go ahead and like just fuck, we might have to <laughs> <laughs> because I mean, we're doing it for science, though. Yes. For science, we're trying to test my hypothesis about these oils. It's all research. It is. It's, it's research, research based. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, man. If this episode escalates, <laughs> <laughs> then you know it's for science. It's purely for science. We're doing it for you guys. I mean, if if I don't get sick, then maybe none, none of you will ever get sick. None again of you will ever get sick again. <laughs> yep. He's fucking gonna find the cure, the elixir <laughs> for life without illness. Yes. Um, <laughs> Oh, man. So, like, yeah. So, m- my mom babysits kids. Mm-hmm. So, they came over. Yeah. They got sick. Oh, yeah. I didn't know they were here sick. Mm. I took a nap on the couch, yep. which the kid threw up on. After it had been washed, yeah. I got sick. Yep. Then my mom got sick. Yep. Then my dad got sick. Mm. Then my girlfriend got sick. Oh, yeah. One by one. So, it's just been taking us out little by little. And then I was fine. It was 24 because it's a stomach flu. Yeah. Generally, 24 hours of vomiting, mm-hmm. which is what happened. Okay. Because I got sick on Wednesday. Yeah. And then a couple of days of diarrhea. Yep. But after 24 hours of vomiting, I didn't eat anything yep. for like a day and a half. Yeah. So when I could eat, I just went like, I'm going to fucking eat. Mm-hmm. But the problem with that stomach is... Stomach was not ready for that. Stomach was not ready for that. So I fucked myself out of healing. Yeah. And now I'm with an upset stomach yeah. and uh, pooping water. Eey. That's what's happening. Okay. I am peeing out of my butthole. Oh, that's, yeah. It's uncomfortable and I hate it and I want to die. <laughs> <laughs> like, I damn want to go down there and, and lick, like, the, the cushions of the couch just to find out. Like, I'm, I'm all the way there. Like, I'm the kind of guy that's, like, where they talk about, like, ghosts. Like, I don't believe in ghosts. Yeah. Like, no, it's 100% ghosts in that room. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm the black in. person that's walking directly in there. Like, I don't <laughs> believe. I just don't believe. <laughs> but that, that does suck though it's like that everybody a, got sick you're you know? the type of black guy that dies first in horror movies you know i wouldn't die like i would kill all the damn ghosts <laughs> i would kill the shit out of them mm. i just i do not believe in them <laughs> like i think you ha- i think you have to believe in the supernatural to be affected by the supernatural you know what you might be right you, you might know? be correct yeah, what a fucking great twist that would be to a movie mm. if by the end of the movie the main character just goes like i don't that believe a, in this shit yep and the movie just ends <laughs> <laughs> like everybody that's picked off one by one yeah. because their belief in it oh man that might actually be something that might actually, yeah, you know might people like the like, people that don't believe in it and nothing's happening to them but then the one by one they see their friends dying so then they slowly start to believe and then they die because yep. of their belief in it oh yeah and then there's one stubborn guy that like, goes no. like no <laughs> just stupid no like he doubts himself in the beginning of the movie so that's why everything's chasing him and yep. he's just like no, this is fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah. And then literally, he just says that in the movie, Cuts to Black. That's it. No credits. Movie I like that. Sense. That's actually kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of cool. But yeah. yeah, so apart from being sick, mm-hmm. I've done fuck all. Because right. I've been sick. Yeah. And it sucks. And I started watching Twin Peaks while oh, I was nice. sick. The, uh, the newer one or the older one? Uh, from the very beginning. Oh, yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that episode, that first episode of Twin Peaks might be my favorite thing in television ever. 
Man. It's so good. I'm loving that we can talk television now. <laughs> We've had like three years of fuck TV. It's not good, you know. But then it's like okay, now we can do. But like, I haven't seen Twin Peaks. So that Twin Peaks, ah, it's so good. Yeah. It's just like David David Lynch has become my favorite director, yeah. not because he's like the one that I get the most enjoyment out of us, yeah. because I think he's the most interesting Excellent. director. Yeah. And like I just love his work. Like fucking Kyle MacLachlan and and oh. and Twin Peaks is amazing. Yeah. He's so weird and uncomfortable, and you're watching him. Just like, what the fuck are you? <laughs> Why are you speaking to Diane? Who the fuck is Diane? Hmm. What is happening? Okay. Um, but been having a lot of fun with Twin Peaks, and like nice. just listening, like or like listening to David Lynch talk yeah. and whatnot. So that's what I've been doing. Nice. While I've been sick. Okay. And playing Halo. Which Halo? Uh, Halo three and two. I got the Master Chief Collection. Yeah. Um, so I've been playing two and three online. Okay. It's fucking great. Does it still have like a good online community yeah. with like two? Okay. Yeah. Because uh, the two, they did the anniversary edition for Halo 2 Okay. on the Master Chief Collection. So you get like a remastered version, but you also get to play the classic. Nice. So sometimes in the playlist, you, you can choose what game type, like what games you want to play online. Yeah. And like, I just put a fucking mix of whatever. Yeah. So I'm playing anything from like Halo 1 to like Halo oh, 4. Okay. I see yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. It's pretty that's, fucking that's kinda cool. cool. Yeah, yeah. I love that shit. Hell yeah. And uh, I used to be really good at Halo 3. Mm. I suck. Oh, yeah. So bad. Times now. changed. So bad now. Yeah. I was, um, I was great at Halo 1. That was back in 2001 and 2002. That's like the first Halo. Yeah. I was really good with the huge mm. Xbox and the huge Xbox controller that was like a spaceship controller. Yep. Yeah. You could kill somebody with that fucking Xbox. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Back in that the day. was great. Uh, How about you? What have you been up to? I, I went rock climbing yesterday. What the fuck are you? Yeah, man, rock climbing. You're trying to be the Ubermensch or something? Like, what's the happening? Uber, what's the Ubermensch? It's a. <laughs> <laughs> who, who the fuck was it? It's a Nietzsche. Friedrich Nietzsche's. Uh, it, it just means like Superman. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. in German, yeah. it's like it's like the ultimate <laughs> human being. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um. I don't know. Tessa. She. Um. She gets Groupons. Like I said, she's right. a, she's a Groupon queen, and anything that comes up on Groupon that's like in kind of mildly enjoyable. I mean, or just a new experience, mm-hmm. then we're gonna do it. So it's that's like um, kind of yeah. awesome. I mean, yeah, like I mean, there's a lot of new foods that we tried. There's like Groupon for this uh, Cajun restaurant in Uptown Charlotte. It was like, okay, we'll go try that. So it's like a lot of different things. But rock climbing was the first time we've done that, and it was a different experience than I expected. Really? Like, How's I, that? I was expecting like, all right, we're gonna get a nice workout, you know, because pull ups and legs. We're gonna do all of that, and right. we've never climbed rocks before. We'll see that. But that's not what happened. Like it ended up being like a real like nice bonding moment in our relationship oh really because it was Interesting. like it was a team building thing like when one person is climbing the rock then the other person has your rope you know to make sure you just don't fall all the way back yep. take your feet on your ass yep. you know so it's like her holding my weight with the rope and then slowly letting it go and slowly let me down and, and then the same way with me with her it was a really cool just like relationship bonding type right. of moment it's like a trust exercise exactly with like rocks that. and 50 feet <laughs> exactly. yeah <laughs> yeah it was it was nice so you know Fuck yeah, nice man. bonding that's yeah. awesome I went rock climbing once when I was like 14. Mm-hmm. Uh, I absolutely ate shit. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Started to climb mm-hmm. and immediately just fell on my ass. Yeah. For like happen. fucking five feet. Just did, did you have the uh, ropes or a harness? <laughs> I or sure did. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But I was also I was like, uh, my friend, the friend that was holding me was like really skinny. Mm. Uh, just completely. Like, nope. Not no. Okay. Yeah. Didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was really fun. Like, especially for a first time thing. I, uh, I went to my friend's birthday party uh, last night. Nice. Uh, I didn't know. He, like he just called me after I was like halfway drunk, 
you know, it was like six For o'clock. a second, I thought you were going to say, I didn't know him before last <laughs> night. She's <laughs> like, oh. It was a Saturday. It was like, I did the rock climbing that morning. So I came home and like relaxed and then started having some beers. So mm-hmm. about six o'clock, my friend calls me and it's back in Mount Holly. And that's where I grew up in the country bumpkin of nowhere. Right. And um, he's like, yeah, it's going to be a party in Mount Holly. So um, I get Tessa to go out like begrudge- begrudgingly. She doesn't want to go back out again. Right. And hang out with my friends. And then she has to like, m- like hang out with their wives and their girlfriends, people that she doesn't know. And the bad part about it for her is mm-hmm. she's a I was about to say her age I don't think she want that but she's she's a woman <laughs> that, that that's not interested in, in having kids right like at all ever and, and and I'm fine with that she's fine with that and we're both cool with that yeah. but within her own like click of well not even click just within women or new women it's like it's always um uh, when are you planning on getting married and kids? Right. Like marriage and kids are a big conversation for women. And she's like, I don't want any part of that. And wherever she goes, then she's just kind of isolated because all the women, they I'm talking about that, talk about that. And then she's just over here playing with the dog by herself. Yeah. You know, something like oh, that's, that's fucking infuriating. Yeah. 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 I, I hate when the, like just people that have kids and like want kids and all that, just yeah. got to shut the fuck up when people that don't want kids. Yeah. Are saying that they don't want to say this, don't. <laughs> I think it's like with with anything that you, people will care about. It's like yeah. with um, like let's say Christianity. It's like I, a lot of my family are Christians, but it's like if you're pushing something on me, it's like no. It's like if you're happy within yourself, be happy within yourself. Don't feel the need to beat me over the head with your right. thing too. Same thing with the kids. If you're happy with having kids, you know that's fine. Don't beat me over the head. Is I mean, there's a lot of things. It's just when you're passionate about things, people tend to not realize that other people aren't as passionate about right. it as them. <laughs> you know? It's it's weird. Um, well, that's fucking awesome, man. Yeah. Shout out, happy birthday to your friend. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. And shout yeah. out to Tessa for making that sacrifice for you. Yes, definitely so. <laughs> definitely. The, um, and to, to continue on from last week, I believe mm-hmm. the week before that, I can't remember what I was making, a barbecue sauce or something like that. Yes. Then uh, last week, I made a, um, a apple cider vinegar cleanse, and yeah. that's been going very well. And now I make my own moisturizer. You make your own moisturizer? I make my own moisturizer All right. now. Walk me through the moisturizer. The moisturizer. What do you put in this? I take uh, some cocoa butter. Okay. Some cocoa butter, and I and I melt that down. Yeah. I take some shea butter, and yeah. I melt that down. I take some uh, some tea tree oil, essential oil, and then I pour that in there, but just very sparingly because that shit's strong as fuck. Yeah. You know, it's the tea tree as fuck. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So just a little bit of tea tree oil, and then my black seed oil. Mm-hmm. I put like a half a cup in there, and then I cook it all up, and then I put it inside my bottle, and it just stays as an oil. This thing, like, if you go through each, like, individual, like, what teacher oil does, what cocoa butter, shea yeah. oil, and all these things do, like, all of it is just great for moisturizing, for blending your skin tone together, for helping your hair, mm-hmm. for so many different things. So, I'm like, I put it all in one pot. And, and just do all that shit. Yeah, do just it all together. fucking bathe in it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I'm just going to see how that goes, too. You know, so... um. I don't know. There's there's something weird happening because every week I come here that it's like, oh, I'm doing this now. I'm doing this yeah. now. Something odd is happening. There's in my some self discovery going on. I think yeah. you're you're like a handyman that doesn't have the handy part yet. I fixed the toilet this week. <laughs> I fixed the toilet, Brian. <laughs> I was doing all those poops from the, yeah. from the apple cider vinegar thing and just water poops like someone just flushing it on out, flushing it out. But um, as we've had many conversations before yeah. about clean assholes, like yeah. I can't just have that paper right mess yeah. you know like gotta use those wet wipes yeah but when i'm using wet wipes get cloggy they, that's exactly what they, happens they get cloggy with me pooping like four and five times a day and just excessively using wet wipes like it got clogged up to where the toilet wouldn't flush anymore and no amount of plunging was gonna do anything about it it's probably like a fucking tumor of wet wipes Maybe, in, the, yeah. in your pipes we, we had to go we bought a snake a plum a plumber yeah. snake and i got up in there i got up nice. in there i twisted it i fixed the toilet man I fix the toilet. <laughs> Look at you becoming like a fucking a jack of all trades. You know, 
next thing, next thing you know, you're going to show up to your door holding a deer carcass. Hey, going like, hey, know. I'm making venison jerky. <laughs> you want some venison jerky? <laughs> That's not too far-fetched. <laughs> no, it's not. It's definitely not. <laughs> you know? That's not far-fetched at all. <laughs> That's funny. That's fucking awesome, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm glad that you're doing all this shit. Because, like... I want in if you if that moisturizer works for you. Yeah, I want in on that. Hey, I'll, I'll let you know. I'll yeah, let you know. I want in on that. Yeah. You, your skin? Have you started using it already? I just started because um, a couple of weeks ago I mm. was having I was doing the, I was growing my hair out. Yeah. yeah, I was growing my facial hair and it would look terrible all to be damned, <laughs> <laughs> you know. But well, the the problem was I was getting ingrown hairs and then like right here on my cheek it just oh, like pussed up Man. and I was like what the fuck? So I shaved all my hair off and I just started using. So I'm only three days into it oh, right yeah. now. But we'll skin see looks next a little week. shinier, a little better, yeah, a little, yeah, little, little shinier. So. Shout out to you. Oh, yeah. We'll see. Um, yeah, so I I wanted to talk about what happened in New Zealand for a little bit. Uh, the Christchurch thing, yeah. Yeah, the Christchurch thing. Yeah. It would like I know it's a huge shift in tone. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. um, but I think it's important to talk about these things. Mm. Like, obviously, there was a shooting. I think it was about a week and a half, two weeks ago. Mm. Um, and there was a shooting, and about forty-five people got shot. Mm. I'm not sure how many people died. I think it was thirty-nine that died. Okay. Or something like that. It was a huge tragedy, obviously, yes. in New Zealand. And it was perpetrated by somebody. I don't even know his name. I don't care to know his name. I don't care to know his agenda nope. or his manifesto. Nope. Don't look it up. It's not worth it. Nope. Don't give him the fame. Um, but it's it's a huge tragedy that happened over there in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. And um, to people that were just praying and wanting to show their faith and yes. be in their own community, safe yep. and sound. And it's incredibly unfair that so many people have lost their life because of one deranged person that believes in weird, bigoted rhetoric. Yeah. Um, that, And the reason I bring it up is because that rhetoric isn't far from what's been going on in the States pretty consecutively. Yeah. This tragedy happened in New Zealand, but a lot of the ideologies that this man in New Zealand used to justify his actions were created by people like Ben Shapiro Miles Yiannopoulos, mm. um, far-right fascist propaganda that's out in the internet as mm. of late. And the reason I wanted to talk about it is because when people say, when you hear us on Twitter and you see us on Twitter and we're talking about all these um, far-right accounts mm. and how the internet is a breeding ground for that kind of environment yeah. and how, be- how we've been talking about um those accounts and like what they're propagating and then everyone's been ignoring us uh, because all we see is a bunch of like edgy memes and all that. But that's not the net result. The net result is that we're inspiring people like the New Zealand guy, Mm -hmm. people that um, whose ideas are based in racism and bigotry and xenophobia um, to attack, to take actions into their own hands. We're creating um, vigilantes with dangerous ideologies Um, in those internet spaces, and I, it sucks that it, it sucks what happened. Yeah. It really sucks what happened. But, and we take no satisfaction in knowing that we were right when we were talking about how the internet is a breeding ground for this kind of thing. Yeah. But we just have to be better, man. And we have to start like and I and I always say this after one of these tragedies. But like we just have to be better, and we have to start calling out that bullshit ideology and start taking platforms away from these people like Ben Shapiro should not have a platform. Mm. My, one of the best things that happened is that Mao Yiannopoulos lost his platform and he now he's a fucking joke. Okay. Um, all these alt-right YouTubers, all these people spreading 
um, alt-right ideology, fascist ideology on YouTube and making video essays about xenophobia mm. and uh, immigration laws and people advocating for anti-Muslim immigration bans and all of these people that have a massive platform online. Yeah. Uh, we just, it, it makes sense for those people to be the platform and for them to lose the ability to communicate these ideas yeah. because this is, this is the result. Yeah. And this happened in New Zealand. Yep. But it's happened in America Definitely so. countless times. Oh, yeah. And it's about, it, like, it's about time that we kind of wake up to the fact that why it's happening. Like, we, uh, we always see it happening, but we never address the symptoms. Mm. We always just kind of go like, oh, let's just put a bandit on that. The dude was crazy. Yeah. I was upset they were labeling him a shooter. I was like, shooter? Right. I was like, you are specifically a terrorist. Yeah, like, yeah, he's a terrorist. That, you know, it's like, but I was seeing like a credible news sources, like very tiptoeing their way around not labeling him a terrorist. Right. Because what does that mean? If you call him a terrorist, then we got to look at the other side of the thing. Right. You know, it's like, oh, you're attacking Muslims. Like Muslim isn't a race. That's not a race. You know, this mm -hmm. is a religion that you're specifically targeting. You know, and when, when the, the shoe is on the other foot of Muslims attacking um, the United States and our values and um, the overarching thing of Christianity, what they were putting on there, mm -hmm. these are terrorists. They're attacking right. our, so I'm like, no, it works both ways. You know, this, 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 he's a definitely a terrorist and I, I don't have a lot of information about right-wing things on the internet mm -hmm. is just i guess like 2013 i just blocked all that shit off man yeah. like i just don't see it but i know it's there i know yeah. it's there i navigate the environment like a lot of my time on youtube is listening to like so a lot of my time on youtube is listening to people that do the counter arguments to the people in the alt-right and doing the 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 essays yeah that so inspired this guy yeah um so like i i, I know they're there i see them pretty consistently mm -hmm. i've watched the videos myself yeah they're absolutely disgusting. And uh, and like there's also a racial component to it. Like mm -hmm. just the media refuses to call white people terrorists. Mm -hmm. And and it's fucking bullshit. Yes. Because out of every one of the school shootings that we've had in the last few years, mm -hmm. they've all been perpetrated by white people. Yep. Well, not even white people, white males. Yeah, white males. Yep. Yeah, you're right. That's it's been specific. white males. Yes. Um, so like two years and you and they doing it to inspire terror to yep. get known in the media yeah. to become infamous yep and by not calling them terrorists uh we're just downplaying the entire situation I agree. uh and that racial component is also bullshit mm -hmm. and uh and this, like if this perpetrator had been anything other than white mm -hmm. you would have immediately heard deranged shooter immediately immediately yes. deranged shooter yep. um rabid muslim yep you know fucking all of this bullshit insult and that inspires islamophobia yep. um or any other kind of xenophobia yeah um but because he was white he gets called an angelic boy um that became a shooter mm -hmm. and i think it's bullshit very much uh, is. this guy is a terrorist he's yep. the scum of the earth yep. i don't know his name his name does not need to be mentioned it does nope. not need to be remembered um it does not need to be in the history books of any kind no you know so condolences to the victims, condolences to anyone that's affected by the tragedy, yeah. and uh, shout out to New Zealand for immediately implementing an assault on uh, automatic weapons. Yes. Um, which is, uh, it took less than 24 hours for that New quick. Zealand. That 24 quick. hours. Yep. To instill a ban on automatic assault rifles yeah. in New Zealand. Yep. We've had, how many school shootings? 
it's, in the last like it's two countless, years. But the, the reason why it's never going to happen is the, the Constitution. Yeah. You know, a two hundred year old piece of paper that we decide to still live by at this point. We're not going to change anything really. We'll no. put some amendments in there, but we'll keep the the Constitution as is. And Fucking then stupid. people, it's like people are so afraid of a military state. You know, it's no. like oh well, people will die in school shootings, but you're not going to come take my automatic assault rifles. You're right. not going to do that. <laughs> it's it's like, dumb. Yeah. It's dumb. Um, but yeah, so condolences to New Zealand, condolences to the victims, yep. and uh, just uh, it's a tragedy all around, but we can learn something out of this and like pull it together, um, but these people have got to be deplatformed. They're still not going around it. Yep. Um, that being said, uh, we're going to cut and talk hold about on, it. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I've seen some things this week. Oh, okay. What did you say? Um, I've seen uh, Afterlife with uh, the new Ricky Gervais show. No, it, um, it's only six episodes or so. It's hard to recommend. It's like, it seems, I thought of you the entire time watching this. You're not that person, but mm. you'll remember being that person two years ago. Yeah. You know, it's like the joke of the joke of every more, every day that I didn't do heroin is a good day. And I used to be like, <laughs> like, have you done heroin like that? Maybe that's not super cool. S- still, still one of my favorite jokes. <laughs> that's but not cool. It's not a good joke, <laughs> no. but it's still one of my favorite jokes. Yeah. But it was like, but the <laughs> thing was like the person got to, he, that was his joke too. Yeah. The exact same joke, Brian, like no, no bullshit. <laughs> But then he runs into a heroin addict. Right. And then he gets to see, like, what that joke means, yeah. you know, really. Like, he does heroin and sees, like, the heroin addict's life, life spiral. Mm-hmm. And the, it's, it's hard. It's a hard thing to watch because he's a terrible, despicable person. Right. And, I mean, just the character. I'm not rich yeah, person yeah, yeah. real life. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> don't have much things to say about him as a person. But <laughs> the character, he's a terrible, despicable person. He makes fun of everybody around him. He just finds so many ways to it, – it's just – it's hard to watch him, but you watch how he changes over the series mm-hmm. and he turns into a different person. But for those five episodes when he's not the good person, mm-hmm. it's difficult to get through because it's like, damn, bro, like, why are you? <laughs> like, yeah, why are you such a dick? Why are you doing that? But yeah, the Ricky Gervais is that is pretty good. It's a afterlife. Uh, the next thing I seen was a Black Monday. It's a show produced by uh, Seth Rogen. It's on Showtime mm-hmm. and it is starring uh, Don Cheadle. Oh, interesting. That it is it is good-ish, like nice. an eight. The only problem I have with it is that it's a drama with a bit of comedy undertones, mm-hmm. but sometimes Seth Rogen takes those undertones and puts it as overtones. Okay. You know, it's just like, oh, you didn't have to go that far. You know, it's a little too comedy for this drama. You know, right. that's Wall Street 1987, but it's, it's, it's entertaining, enjoyable. You can watch it. And uh, the last thing I've seen was Saving Mr. Banks. It's a uh, the movie about um, about Walt Disney trying to make Mary Poppins the movie. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, he had to get the book from uh, from the lady that wrote it, and she just refused to hand over the rights. And then she was like, "Well, if you let me be part of the writer and you let me do all these things, then after seeing the movie, maybe I'll sign off." Right. And Walt Disney, played by Tom Hanks in the movie, they go back and forth, and it's a really good story just about seeing the the writer of Mary Poppins and. That the book that she wrote was her life in a way, right? You know, but um, that, that's all that I saw. I mean, but I would I would highly recommend um, the Saving Mr. Banks, like on a Saturday evening. Like, don't don't go out of your way to go see it. But, but like, if you're there, yeah, but like, all right, that's all right. Um, I've actually I started watching New Girl as New well. Girl. Who's that okay. girl? It's Jess. I, <laughs> yeah, it's great. I fucking love that. Sh- I love that show. It's genuinely funny. Yes. Um, but you were talking about like the the annoying redeemable character. Mm-hmm. I fucking hate Jess. Which one? Jess. Jess. God, she's so she, annoying. She. She's so selfish and like kind of a dick. I'm trying to think of who is the the most the character I like the least on there. She's top three people I like least that I don't yeah. need the most. Like, I started watching the show because if she was, like, cute, whimsical. Right. You know, but the characters I like the most are Schmidt, 
uh, number one Schmidt. I didn't <laughs> really? know. Well, that makes sense. I feel like you would identify with, with some, Schmidt like, a little when, bit. When we had um, we had Blair here, and mm-hmm. I was like, there's something about me with characters to where it's like, I don't recognize that someone uh, in real life or a character is supposed to be gay unless I see anal penetration or just something the, that shows that. And Schmidt, who my girlfriend was like, how don't you know that he's gay? Like, what do you mean? Well, he's, he's not gay. He's right? not gay on the show. Oh, he's just uh, kind of like, eh, but he's yeah. gay in real life. Oh, really? Like, he's, a, he's an actual gay man. Yeah, I see him playing know. another gay character in the movie. I'm like, why well, he plays these gay roles, like, kind of well. You know, she's like, and then like, no, look to play. Oh, no, he actually is a gay man. I was like, oh, okay, well, I didn't see that. It's just like, I feel like I could be Schmidt. Like, you know, like, yeah. I'm not a gay man, but it's like, I identify with Schmidt a lot. Yeah. You know? But anyway, I didn't no, see that. No, that makes sense. I feel like Schmidt would be the one character that you would identify I with. Love Schmidt. Yeah. Yeah. He's fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah. I fucking love him. Then Winston, of course, uh, the, uh, <laughs> Winnie the Bish. Yeah, he, he's, he's, he's funny. Yeah. Nick, man. Nick's my guy. Jake Johnson, yeah. Nick's awesome. my fucking guy. He's so fucking funny. Nick yeah. and Winston. Yeah. Uh, I don't like Jess. I think she's annoying. Yeah, she's um, there. But the show's good. Yeah. I'm liking the show. Yeah. Um, I've, I've barely started. Um, but just talking about Ricky Gervais and that irredeemable character reminded me. Yeah. Um, that was a headline. That's the last thing I want to say. That was a headline. Someone made a meme. And it was a fake headline of Ricky Gervais. <laughs> Walking around like an empty New York, yeah, like a uh, fucking uh, Day of the Dead style, yeah. And then the headline just said, "Ricky Gervais wanders around empty Times Square, wondering is anyone offended at all?" Oh, because <laughs> he just like to offend people for yeah. no fucking reason. Yeah, and uh, I laugh very hard at that. Well, this that. show is offensive. Yeah, yeah it was even sense. it was hard for me to even recommend it, but it, it's supposed to be like that. <laughs> but it's high key offensive to lots of different groups. Yeah. <laughs> that makes that makes a lot of sense. Anyway, <laughs> I think that's it. Uh, we're going to cut and then we're going to talk about uh, fucking Turbo Kid. Hey. Bye. And welcome back, Turbo Kid. All right. Uh, Turbo Kid came out in 2015. It's a science fiction thriller with a runtime of one hour and 35 minutes. The rundown is in a post-apocalyptic wasteland, an orphan teen played by Monroe Chambers, with how yes. you say his name, uh, must battle a ruthless warlord played by Michael Ironside, real name, to save the girl. Oh, fuck, that was Ironside? <laughs> yeah. That's such a fucking cool name. I feel like every time that man walks into a room, a heavy metal guitar riff has to play. Yeah, like uh, Michael <laughs> Ironside and um, Army Hammer. It's like names like that, like, whoa, real name for real? All right. Shit. <laughs> Michael Ironside to save the girl, uh, Lawrence LaBeouf, of his dreams. Uh, director is Francois Simard and... Mm-hmm. Anouk Wiesel, mm-hmm. maybe, and uh, the writers are so. It's also same people, same writers and directors. Yeah. There's actually three directors. I seen the third. I didn't know um, how much input he had being th- listed. Severely, as a third they've listed. They listed another movies. They like a okay. like a trio. Okay, I think their name is Janelle something. But yeah, the three the three directors. Right. Those two that you mentioned, and then Janelle Simmons. I think it's her name. Something okay. like that. Um, they're they're a fucking great deal. I saw another one of their movies at Vizart not too long ago. Yeah. And that's how I found out about Turbo Kid. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Sorry. Go yeah. on. Um, let's see. It stars uh, Maruno Chambers as the kid, Lawrence LaBeouf as Apple, and Michael Ironside as Zeus. Zeus. Um, fuck. Michael Ironside was Zeus? Zeus yeah. I, I hear that name mm-hmm. so much. Yeah. And like I just never recognized the face. Now I know what the face looks like. I've heard that name before, too. I don't know if I've seen yeah. him in anything before, but I know I've heard that name. I, I think I had him confused with Jeremy Irons. Uh. The guy that was the butler in the Justice League movie, remember that guy? Um, he kind of looks like a like a white haired bootleg uh, uh, Tony Stark. I'm not gonna yeah. remember, but I did see that Justice League movie. Yeah, yeah. so I, I guess I confused him with that. Um, 
But anyway, this this movie, this movie. I'm excited to hear what you think, because I picked this movie purely because I was, it was just fun. Yeah. It was just fun to watch. Yeah. I didn't really like. I didn't. I watched seventy five percent of it before, yeah. and now I finished it today. And uh, it's an interesting fucking movie. It's like a, this really great homage of like the eighties yes. and like it's sort of like these eighties, late nineties, or like early nineties action flicks yeah um a post-apocalyptic horror type thing but it's also like a gore fest very much you know and yeah. it, it's like a very mad max gory cartoon you know it's like mad max and bicycles is kind of how i would describe it yeah and i watched it just on a whim completely mm. out of nowhere and i know what the fuck is happening why is this guy shooting things out of a nintendo power glove mm. what is this yeah <laughs> So, how do you feel about this movie? What do you think? I'm um, curious it, to hear what you think. It made me think of if um, the movie Kung Fury mm-hmm. and the movie Adventureland, no, Adventure, uh, Zombieland, both had a baby. It would be this. That because uh, Zombieland, you have a, a, a guy who has these rules for the world to live in, mm-hmm. and then he has his, quote-unquote, manic, manic pixie dream girl come into his life and then change things kind of for him. And then the Kung Fury, because you're taking things of the 80s and all the nostalgia on a very low budget and it's supposed to be kind of cheesy but fun at the same time. Like right. mix both of those together, and then this is the kind of thing that plops out. You know, so it's um, it's it can it's enjoyable at times as long as you take it as this is supposed to be silly. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's kind of taking the piss out of mm. all of the elements that it tries to combine. Mm. Like it, it doesn't take itself seriously in the idea like it's trying to tell like a serious story. Mm. Um. But if you don't acknowledge that it is taking the piss out of like 80s culture mm. and then gory post-apocalyptic movies, then you're just kind of like wondering what the fuck it is. Like, well, almost like because they don't they don't do like a parody, uh, like a satire. It's it's almost like, like you said, like an homage. Like yeah. this is what the 80s were. And this is like what him. I assume he grew. He must have been 30s and 40s. Obviously, his age. He was like in his 30s or in his prime of the 80s. He was like, oh, I want to make something that resembles, you know, my youth and. It, it seems like he did a very good job at it. It's like, like I'm someone that I'm born in 1984. So like, as soon as he pulled out a Walkman and put a tape in them, like, yeah, okay, that it was the exact same color. The yellow one that I had I had a Sony one. So I was like, okay, yeah, like, and I like the power glove and things like that. I was like, yeah, like I like the nostalgia in it, and even like the blood stuff. It was like you would, they didn't have the budgets to make very good movies in the 80s and early right. 90s, you know. So somebody's hand would get cut off and it would just spurt blood everywhere, you know, ridiculously. <laughs> I mean, but it's like it's something that you have to understand that it is gonna be silly. Like yeah. even like the last scene where it's like someone blows up and then it starts raining blood. They pull out an umbrella <laughs> and just let the blood rain down <laughs> over top of the umbrella on them. On them. That's one of my favorite moments. Mm. Fucking opens an umbrella and said, "I do stomach," yep. and he just explodes. Yeah. And fucking rains down blood and guts. Like, yeah. What the fuck? The the, uh, the other moment that was similar to me uh, for me was um the the intestines. Yeah. Where he, he, he ties. <laughs> the yeah, he, he had ties his bike to some intestines, and he was like, "You give me the, the information I need, then you know we'll get rid. We won't do this." He gives the information that he needs, and then he got takes off on the bike, and then we see his in- intestines slowly being dragged out of his stomach. I'm yep. like, ah. It's like. <laughs> It was a lot, um, but f- like okay. So the plot of the movie is essentially like this: fucking kid mm. finds uh, a robot, yes, a robot girl mm. um, named Apple, mm. and she's like a friend. She's like a friendship companion. Yeah, and they they're stuck around for a little bit. Mm. The robot gets kidnapped because Sue's the evil guy. Yeah, kidnap people mm. to turn them into water. Yeah, 
which is a great nod to Soylent Green. Soylent Green. Soylent Green. It's a, it's a movie um, where it's a post-apocalyptic, post-apocalyptic movie. I mm-hmm. think it's late 80s, early 90s. Okay. Where they grind people to feed to the lower classes. Oh. And the lower classes eat this. It's called Soylent. Huh? Snowpiercer. Kind of like Snowpiercer. Snowpiercer directly references Soylent Green. Mm. Um, so like just, just this gelatinous yep. kind of shit yeah. and like it's people, yeah. you know, and, and Snowpiercer, they're like giant bugs. Yeah. Roaches and stuff like that. Yeah. Right. yeah for the protein. They, um, they, they do that in the movie called uh, cloud Atlas. They grind up the humans that they don't need anymore and turn them into food and water. Yeah. That's oof. Yep. Right. Um, so again, like another very eighties post-apocalyptic thing of yep. like turning people into water, like people are a resource as much as anything else. Yeah. And like the high class will always have the upper hand in that. Yeah. Um, but Apple gets kidnapped because they think she's a human and she's they're going to turn her into water. Mm-hmm. And then after she gets kidnapped, our main character, um, who I forgot his fucking name. Uh, the kid? Yeah, they just always call him Kid, kid right? Yeah, he's just listed as Kid. Um, he finds the armor of the last known superhero mm-hmm. called Turbo Rider yeah. and then wears it and goes to rescue Apple. Mm-hmm. And then they're stuck in this like cat and mouse game where Sue's wants revenge from him fucking up whatever he got going on mm-hmm. and then Turbo Kid running away and then it just becomes a hilarious kind of mouse chase that ends in like a giant fight mm-hmm. where we realize that Sue's was the one that killed the kid's parents mm-hmm. like at the beginning of his life yep. and it's just really fun and silly thin plot yeah but it just serves to set up all of the action sequences mm-hmm. that they got yeah. and then somehow in all of that a cowboy wearing a duster that ends up with a robotic arm yep. is caught up in it as well. And I'm not sure what he's about. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the guy from earlier in the movie that got his hand cut off. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And got the robot arm. I was, a, I, I, wanted, I wanted more... Uh, Fucking char- Australian guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I wanted more of these characters that have a little more depth to them because at the beginning of the movie, I, was, I thought it was silly. And then I was like, hold on, maybe they're doing something when they introduce a cowboy guy and he bumps into him. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Can you, you're just interrupting my bubble. No. You know, you're my personal space. You know, within arms. Like, my okay. arm-next radius. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, all right, this guy gets it. Like, I live by that code, too. You know, I, I'm all about my personal space. I'm like, all right. So he's going to teach this kid. It's like, this kid has his own set of rules. This guy's going to incorporate some of his rules into him. Yada, yada. But they don't really explore this guy's character, like, at all. Or really anyone else's character yeah. that much, either. It's about the, the guy. Basically, it's, it's basically a vehicle for fun for the the guy like even the um i use the term manic pixie dream girl mm-hmm. for um for apple because her only purpose is to serve the main character right. everyone's purpose in this movie is to serve the character and drive home the fun and the silliness and something that i look when i talk about like high art movies that we talk about the beginning of the movie and the end of the movie and what is the director or the writer trying to say to yeah. us i don't think he was trying to say shit yeah, they were just trying, you know, to, have just trying to have fun. You know, so it's like if I'm looking at it like I, it's, it hurts me that I, that like you can't have both, like have a good time and say something with your mm-hmm. movie. Like this movie doesn't say much, but visually, like it's nice, to, pleasing to look at. Yeah. And nostalgia-wise, it's, it like warms your heart a bit. <laughs> it does. <laughs> it know? really does. Yeah, and it, and it's fun. So it's like if you take it at that value of excitement, fun, nostalgia, um, like the inner child person in you, then it's great. But then when I look at it as a critic, then I'm like, oh, you didn't do anything with that female character. Oh, you didn't do anything with character depth. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Like things like that. Yeah. It's like, ah. Uh. The movie is so 
like divisively reviewed. Like so a lot of people fucking love it, yeah. and a lot of people fucking hate it. And I can see that, yeah, with yeah. like with the, the two sides. Like either you're the critics, <laughs> like oh that's you didn't you, or it's like oh this was fun, you know. So, right. Yeah. And like uh, one of the guys, his name's Simon. He writes for Roger Ebert. Mm-hmm. Called it a fetishization mm-hmm. of 80s culture that yeah. does nothing clever or interesting except gore. Um, like that, that sort of I was what, interested. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh? He definitely gave it a, like a bit of a scanning review. He mm-hmm. gave it two stars out of five. Okay. Um, but uh, t- going back to the cowboy guy. Yeah. I like this introduction. Mm-hmm. I, I, he did. He had that Woody Allen in Zombieland role. Yep. Uh, it just wasn't explored as deeply. Like he didn't become a father figure, mm-hmm. but he became an antagonist in that he he, he taught the kid a bit, yeah. how to be strong in his own right. Yep. He didn't baby the kid. He was always just kind of like, "Hey, kid, you're gonna be strong." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then that was it. That, that was, was it. really the effect of it. Yeah. It's like a man has no choice. A man is only strong when he's got no choice but to be strong. Is that not true? Yeah. I don't know, but it sounds good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I see that a lot. Which is which is like a character trope that exists a lot in all, in like these '80s movies where you have a younger sidekick and like an older companion. Yeah. Uh, and I like the way that they explore that because it's such a common trope. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're sort of circumventing it. Yeah. In a way, by having it be so detached from whatever is happening. Yeah. Um, which I agree that leaves room for character depth and character development. Yeah. But for the kind of plot that we had and for the kind of um, just environment that he was going for mm-hmm. in that film, I feel like the character depth didn't necessarily have to be there. It would have been nice. It would have been would've a been, great thing. It would have been great, yes. <laughs> um, but I don't think that it would have had to... I don't think it didn't have to be there, you know. Not, not to, not to. I mean, if his if his point was to have fun and make something silly and like the nostalgia thing, then like no more character depth or character arcs or writing, you know, for each no. character would have made this like funnier or sillier or more enjoyable, entertaining in that way. Right. But it would have made it a better film artistically. But yeah. I don't think that's what he was going for in the first place, though. I, I don't think so either. I, th- I think I think the that being said, the film does have a very sort of anti-capitalist message attached to it. Okay. Um, and like, maybe not anti-capitalist, but it's got anti-capitalistic tinges to it. Because of the result of where they are. Right, because the result of where they are, like, of course, humanity drained down all of their resources. Yeah. And of course, the movie takes place in 1997, mm. but the main bad guy is a robot that serves to uh, serve corporations, that mm. exists to serve corporations, yep. and sort of act on their behalf, and then keep their desires going forever. True. And then <laughs> uh, Apple, who's also a friendship companion, yep. there's no incident that her name is Apple. Apple. Yeah. Uh, we're sort of playing around with the idea that people became too close to technology and then it started isolating other people mm. and then corporations managed to take over which led to the drain of resources mm. um which led to this robotic bad guy faceless or soulless enemy yeah. controlling all of the world's resources in that area yeah. and so like you can see the capitalist the anti-capitalistic message mm. there yeah. which i thought was a really fun commentary i like that um but again the main purpose of the thing is just just to take the piss out mm. just and, and and i love that because i watch a lot of movies yeah. that are very serious yeah. and i watch a lot of movies that are very high drama yep. and confusing yep. and just just emotionally draining yes and i love that there's directors out there mm. that just go like nah just want to do what i want to do yeah and then they just do it yeah. and that makes me very 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 happy okay 
because this is the kind of movie like this kind of movie after watching david lynch shit yeah. for like two days in a row yeah i turned this on and i was just like oh this is refreshing yeah fuck i can so I can, good i'll go with you on that um so it may not be high art mm. but i respect the fact that it just wanted to have fun no yeah definitely and so. i love that um, my uh, my favorite scene like I like callbacks and things that I can be like okay look forward to the future for this mm-hmm. and uh, the first time I had it well besides the personal space thing that I was looking forward to was the um, when he asked the kid ex Apple how to fight she was like mm-hmm. yeah, I'm superior I'm trained I know all these things or whatever he <laughs> was like so let me help you out Here, you want to go for the eyes throat and the, genita- and the genitals yep. <laughs> you know <laughs> then she gives him an example boom, 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 <laughs> and knocks him to the ground you know then he takes that advice later and then like he takes like a machete then like slices the guy's head off from the eyes yep. and what does he do like slit the guy's throat as well or yep. the jaw well it went for the eyes and kind of hit the nose area yeah. and then fucking kicked him in the dick and then kicked him in the dick yeah <laughs> yeah it's like he got it went through for the weak points it was like you don't necessarily need a knife for that but all right, you, know? you did it though. he did eyes and throat genitals and i was like all right that's that's funny like you you had a callback and that's like it's, it's entertaining and that was funny for me yeah you know so i like that and we've seen that at least two or three times the eyes throat genital thing i was like all right i'm not gonna miss that it's fucking great my favorite thing about uh the movie there was like the cowboy where every time he showed up he yeah. just horribly maimed mm. oh, yeah, <laughs> in yeah. some way yeah. or another he lost his arm in the in the thing yeah and then after his arm was sutured up, mm. which I, I don't know how the don't fuck how that happened, happened. No. but it happened. Yeah. He's in the pool yep. and then he gets stabbed in the stump of the arm mm. again, yeah. blood fucking everywhere. Mm. There's a guy on top of him screaming. He stabs him with yeah. a helmet. Yeah. It's just blood fucking pouring out of his eye yeah. into the cowboy's face. Yeah. <laughs> And I just love that when he comes back with like a metal arm, mm. his eyes is on that guy that cut his arm off. Yeah. And he was like, I got you, you fucker. Yeah. <laughs> I like how they threw, threw in like with them trying to fight and only having that metal arm for so long. He's still trying to throw like he threw his regular arm and uh, like hit metal on, on his hand. He's like, oh, no, fuck. I'll use this metal arm. Like, yeah. Metal on metal. Yeah. There was, there was a, a scene where I didn't know like the guy with the um, the buzzsaw mm-hmm. thing that was connected to his hand. And he could also use that buzzsaw as a projectile yep. like he's doing that through the movie and then when he comes against the cowboy and it's like the projectile is right there at his face and i'm like why do you why are you just trying to push that thing into him just like let that thing go it's right gonna, yeah i'm like why, why are we doing this right now <laughs> you know it was like like i said some of the stuff is like like i said it's just for enjoyment like don't think about these things like right but it's, it's it can be fun but it's just like i have you have to turn your brain off and like not think about things it's kind of like with the um like john wick i'll be like if i want to tear things apart i'll be like man that gun was empty a long time ago but like john wick does such a good job to where they, everything is precision but like nope i reloaded after seven shots because this gun can only hold seven bullets right you know so it's like you even if you think and try to pull it apart like you can't with something like john wick this one right here if you want to pull this apart you can do that very very easily oh yeah and it's like you have to just shut that critical part of your brain off in order to like let the the child side of you just enjoy it and go in the moment of it this is a gorgeous b movie shot with an a movie camera because mm. it, it looks fantastic it does look good yeah um but the, the feeling of it and the cinematography of it are like amazingly gorgeous they look really good. great the yeah. color grading looks fantastic yeah. the special effects um no. <laughs> well the, the special effects uh, are sometimes very purposely mm bad okay because they're meant to look like the <laughs> that's 80s. what i would think yeah um like when he did the he-man pose mm-hmm. and lightning struck that's his glove ah yeah. oh, fucking love that yep. shit mm-hmm. so good to like freeze frame the image and paint it over it's like fuck yeah. yeah um i love that shit the special effects were like a really nice touch mm. 
to the environment yeah. because even though they didn't look great, they felt, it felt like, like they fit. N- yes, they did. Uh, they fit with the tone, which yeah. I which I thought was it's really hard to do sometimes when you're like throwing homage to the yeah. 80s. Like Confury, Confury yep. nailed the insanity of like yeah. the 80s digital yep. genre, you know. Yeah. And but the special effects didn't look great. No. But they were not supposed to look great. No. Yeah. And so I like the way the special effects fit into here. Yeah. I like the the only the only problem I had special effects wise was the the toxic green cloud. Um, you remember when like they're fighting the boss saw, um, Apple gets decapitated, okay. and then the kid jumps and grabs her head, yeah. and then falls into the toxic pool in the in the like robot the cemetery. Stuff, yeah. Um, that was the only thing that looked awful mm, for okay. me. Yeah. <laughs> it just looked gross. I, I, I want to question our main villain about mm-hmm. his final finishing move. Like, come on, bro. Your <laughs> finishing move, whack as hell. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, he's sitting there. Like, it looks cool. You know, he, he's, he's like spitting out like this laser, red laser energy at yep. you. You know, but apparently this thing takes a while to build, build up. Because yeah. <laughs> as he's shooting this energy out at you, it's powering up, you know, his um his wrist uh, thing. and like, Power glove. Yes, power glove. It's powering up his power glove and just giving him more and more energy to shoot back at him. I'm like, man, you're just damn charging his battery right now. Like, you're super. <laughs> power like your finishing move like needs work yeah <laughs> not only does it need work it needs to not be yes. <laughs> you just need to downgrade that entirely all the way like you just enabled him like yeah. that's all that you did keep the gun <laughs> yeah, how about keep that the gun. pull the gun back out bro <laughs> that finishing move whack all to be damned like that's that's what you've been saving us up for for that the, the, the <laughs> <laughs> yeah. there's one thing that happens in a lot of 80s movies mm. that they nailed in here absolutely which is like all the henchmen die mm. super quick yeah like it just takes one punch three punches henchmen edmonds are dead yeah but the main bad guy always takes the exact same hit yeah that absolutely exploded a henchman yep. and then he just walking walks it up mm. just walks it off yeah always happens and i was so glad to see it at the end of this confrontation yeah where the guy so fucking confidently walks in. It's just like, <laughs> was that so fucking hard? He yeah. just gets shot right in the dick. Yep. Ah, so good. Nah, it was, it was so fun. good. The uh, the other part, like, if I the last thing I thought critically about mm-hmm. that I was kind of like, mm, is um, whenever there's extras in a movie, I'll, like, try to figure out, are you extra or are you not an extra? And then the determining point is, do you speak? Right. <laughs> you know? So, um. I, I was looking. I was looking for these people. So I'm like, they're gonna have to have someone else speak. That's a woman besides Apple. Someone mm-hmm. else has to speak. You know, because all these men here everywhere. And then they bring in this. Um, uh, can't, I don't know what her ethnicity is. Uh, she's brown skin, long dark hair. Oh yeah. Super yeah. fit, like vaguely Asian lady. Yeah, vaguely Asian. Yeah. yeah. Super fit. Very good. Very good shape. And I'm like, okay, yeah. This this woman, like, they're gonna do something with her. Like, she's here for a purpose. Like, you don't just have this this woman who has been working out for months on months on months to look like that. Cause that's damn. Like, she looked amazing, you know? Right. So you don't just bring in someone with that kind of effort and that kind of work ethic to just have them stand there. So I'm like, what's she going to say? It's like when she hits somebody, is she going to be like, a, oh, ah, is she going to have a sound effect? Is she going to make any noise? Any noise, no. you know, so they can give her that extra money and credit her. No. No sounds. It was, that's why I was like, that's, that's the last thing I was critical of because I'm like, all right, you just, are you going that hard to not pay her? You, you know what I'm saying? Man. Because even in the fight, like she's not even making any sounds while she's fighting. Everything is closed-lipped. I'm just like, so no women are gonna talk here. <laughs> well, I, I okay, I see what you're going with with the like the because the only other woman that talked was with uh, the one that shot. What's the name? Uh, the mom. Yeah. yeah, the mother. Yeah, she had one scene. She spoke four words. Yes, 
Um, I, I see I see that happening, but I like the fact that this lady didn't talk in the fight scene. Mm. Um, because it's like I, I watch I watch a lot of like kung fu shit. Yeah. Uh, when I was younger, that. and they do have yes, that quite we, a bit. We've seen, we seen that in um in um. I was just talking about uh, John John, um, John, Wick. John Wick. Yeah, yeah. well, she speaks a bit, but it's that same type of character. Yeah, that, yeah. and like even even when it goes back to like the Jackie Chan shit, like yeah. the main baddie that's before the, the baddie that's before the main baddie yeah. is usually the stoic, silent character. That's very true. That's just like very menacing. Yeah. So I like that they they kept that element of her in there. I would have liked to see more female characters other than Apple yeah. for sure. At least somebody say yeah. something. I was like, ah. you know, so it's like the thing is, I was I was thinking about it from my daughter's point of view. I was like, well, she'd enjoy this. I'm like, no, she doesn't see herself on screen. Like, it's not relatable for it at right, all. Yeah. So I'm like, this for like uh, boys. This is like a good movie for like boys can enjoy this. Mm-hmm. But another thing that I was talking about last week with the Steven, like the Spielbergian effect, the ability to be able to have something that's so broad that everyone can see themselves kind of on screen or relate to it in a bit, mm-hmm. and also be artistically good enough, you know, that critics and audience alike can be like, yeah, this is good. This this one here, it does have a niche to where it's catered to boys, you yeah. know, very specifically, you know, so it's like with with all of that, like what, what it's trying to do with catering to the boys and being silly and hitting the nostalgia, I mean, it takes every nail and makes it flat with a table. You yeah, know, yeah, it, yeah. it hits everything that it's trying to do. It absolutely does. And these directors have a very interesting First of all, it's a directing trio. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard of that before. I don't think I've either. Before them. Um, they did Summer of 84. Okay. And that was a fantastic sort of crime thriller movie that, again, focuses on, like, uh, 80s culture. Yeah. And it's a very Stranger Things-type film. Um, but they're investigating their neighbor, who they think is a serial killer. It's just a bunch of kids doing that. Okay. And so, like, their cinematography work is always really interesting. Because they very clearly, me and Jonathan talk about you that t- a long you, time yeah, ago. Yeah, you, I think y'all invited me to go see this. Yeah, yeah, I did. Actually. Yeah, and you talked about it. Like, yeah, you, yeah mm-hmm. all right, I'm going to have to see that. Um, and like they have, a, they have because they very clearly shoot in digital. Mm-hmm. They're not trying to make it look like film. Yeah. They just very much embrace the independent digital production. Yeah. And I like that style that they have. And they're very good at communicating this 80s nostalgia feel. Mm-hmm. I think in a more... Like in Summer of 84, in a more realistic way than even Stranger Things did it. Okay. Because Stranger Things glorifies the 80s mm-hmm. a bit um, and romanticizes them. But it. these three directors have a way of doing that, but in a much lower scale. Mm-hmm. So it feels like a little bit more grounded in reality. Okay. And I think that they're fucking awesome at it. Hey. And I'm glad that they took that ability to interpret the 80s and, and 90s. And this movie is particularly set in the 90s. Yeah. Um, but a lot of the homages are from the 80s. Um, I, I just I just fucking love that they have the ability to translate mm. whatever made them happy in the past yes. and then put it into a movie that they want to make. Yeah. I think it's so interesting yep. and so, so, so fun. And like I like these directors. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be able to say all of their names uh, from my mind. Yeah. Um, but they're fucking great directors and they're working really nicely on the independent indie. Yeah. Like on the independent indie, in the indie market, their movies are very small budget, (laughs) but they just have this gorgeous flair to them that are just fun and enjoyable. And again, this is kind of how I was talking with, um, what was the movie that we did that I was talking like, uh, that we did after Bon Raku, um, that it was the video game movie. I remember doing, I can't think of the name. I can't think of the fucking name. I know what you're talking about though. Um, it was that movie we did after Bon Raku. Yeah. Um, that I was talking about how, oh, it was uh, Polar, 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 Polar. Okay. Um, so it was like that movie. Cause th- these other movies that like start not necessarily a new genre, mm. 
but they very easily spin off a subgenre, mm-hmm. which like with Polar we have Grindhouse Noir. Yeah. Um, but with this movie, it's it's easy to start another subcategory mm-hmm. of directors that are influenced by the things that they had fun watching. Yeah. So who's to say that like now we're making fun of the eighties because a lot of directors making movies now were born in the eighties and nineties. Yeah. But like when we're the directors that are in the footsteps of these three guys, mm-hmm. and then we get to make, make fun of what we grew through, yeah. what we grew up mm-hmm. with, we're making fun of the nineties and early two thousands, and mm-hmm. what's that gonna look like? Yeah. And I think that these directors are really important to set the landscape mm-hmm. for us to be able to make art that celebrates but also takes the piss out of the things that we grew up in. Yeah. I think that's really important for us to do because without looking back and taking the piss out of things, mm-hmm. art doesn't really evolve. I see that. We don't really learn what we did right yeah. from the art that we've produced previously if yeah. we don't look at it and go like, that was fucking stupid. Yeah, being you know? able to look back at yourself, hold a mirror to yourself, be like, ah, right. well, that maybe that person, you know, yeah. That's what, yeah. Like, who's the, like, the next guy that takes the piss out of, or like then the filmmaker that takes the piss out of Jurassic Park for being fucking ridiculous, mm. uh, that's going to be fun. And he yeah. should be allowed to make fun of that. Yeah. Because it was such a piece of culture in the early 90s. Like yeah. we grew up with that. It's yeah. like Walkman. So like the guy that, the, the first guy that makes fun of the first iPod and how fucking ridiculous it was that that was dominated culture the way that it did. You yeah. know? Um, so like the directors like these, mm. Their movies might not be amazing. Their movies might not have a lot to say, mm. but they're they're fuck. We fucking need them in the landscape of I agree. cinema. I agree. Because without them, people just wouldn't have as much fun. The um, what I feel like is the brand of some of the best movies that we've ever seen are movies that aren't contrived in any way. Right. You know, something that you're not attempting to win an award or um, you're not trying to set someone up for best Oscar. I mean, uh, for um, like uh, the movie The Revenant. Mm-hmm. You know, this, this movie is a very, very good movie. It's a very high art movie, but it is super contrived. Like there, right. was, there was a purpose for that. It's like we're going for this best director. We're going for this, this best picture if possible. We're going for this best actor. You know, Green Book, very contrived. It's a very good movie. Just won Oscars. You know, but it's like there's things that you're very much going for and it kind of is restricted you know you don't have the freedom and the uh there's, there's movies like this and a number of other movies to where they're not going to get the recognition you know all the way mm-hmm. but there are certain people like we've seen like a um a quentin tarantino earlier on yeah it's like someone that can like pop fiction is not contrived in any way no. you know this is like oh this is what i like these are the things that i've seen this is how i mash things up this is my my view of things we'll we'll see later in his career you know where he is trying you know for those awards he's trying to fit those things it, yeah, yes. into the constraints that already exist exactly yeah so it's like i i love to see thing people with because i mean that takes courage that yeah, takes a lot of courage to be like this is what i love this is the way that i see the world this is the way that i see pictures and this is the movie that i want to make and if you either take it or leave it, you know, so there's a lot of courage that comes with making these movies. And I agree, they are super necessary. Yeah, I absolutely, absolutely love that there are filmmakers doing that. Yeah. Um, apart from like all the silliness of the movie and all the fun action sequences and the gore, mm. which was so skillfully done um, in, in the way of like, because it takes skill to like do, like when people did bad gore in the 80s, mm. they just had bad gore. Yeah. Like they couldn't do it correctly yeah so it it ended up looking ridiculous Mm. but when you're trying to replicate that feeling you have to do it skillfully you can't go too far and you can go too low it has to match exactly the tonality of that thing Mm. so like to replicate bad 80s gore 
you have to know what you're doing with the special effects mm-hmm. and how to handle that. And I appreciate the hell out of that in this movie. Okay. All the prosthetic work is amazing. Mm-hmm. We see several limbs all of the time. We see severed heads rolling around, yeah. arms, torsos, everything. Yep. And even though you know they're prosthetics, I never just want like, that prosthetic looks fucking stupid. You know? Yeah, because it's in a world where none of them look really great. It's right, like yeah. I, I could see the the prosthetics people working on a 1976 alien. Do you right. remember that, that head? And we're just like taking it apart. It's like, come on, man, you could have done it. it. Was like, well, it was 1976. <laughs> right. You know, so it's like, yeah, I can see that. It's just like you do a good job. You couldn't do a great. I, I don't know if these same people could be hired to work on something that's supposed to be completely legitimate as far as prosthetics. I think they can. Yeah, I think they can because, and this is my argument, because they were going for that. Yeah. bad 1976 alien style gore yeah. that they they just had to study so much and get it I just fucking right yeah. that if they work like when they work on a, on like a big budget film yeah. that requires very realistic CGI yeah. or very realistic um, SFX yeah. um, they're just gonna they're gonna be able to work on that it that same process they'll same take process. it to I would hope so because they it's the it's the, it's the idea of like studying mm-hmm. Like when we're making fun of a genre, like if you're writing a parody, do you have to consume have to a lot it. of that parody? You have in to understand out. it. Yep. Um, that same principle applies to me, in my opinion. Like Not these ugly. prosthetic people are fucking fantastic. Mm. I loved their work in this movie. The SFX were fucking great. Mm. Um, I feel like the CGI also is one of those things where like it's just one of the, it comes back to like you have a tonality mm. and you want to reach to it. Yeah. And then like what makes what makes an 80s energy beam mm. look like an 80s energy beam? Yeah. How many movies do you have to watch to get that quintessential? Is it the cyan color? Is it the film grain of the beam? Mm. Is it the way that the beam forms? Is it the freeze frame that does it? Mm. Stylistically, what are the things that make that thing look like that thing? Yeah. And you have to study that yeah, really, really closely um, to be able to get it. So the prosthetics in the CGI team, I give them a huge shout out. All right. Um, for being able to put that skill and then just get get it fucking spot on. Nice. Um, I love that. I think I think the another thing that I really liked, apart from like the way that the cinematography was done, mm-hmm. which was very nothing really fancy. Yeah. Um, but they had a couple of like every shot looked amazing. It was well composed. Mm-hmm. It was like cinematically like um, what's the word competent. Okay. Um, competent. Yeah. All right. And it looked great. But there were a couple of shots that I really, really enjoyed, which are usually between two people mm. when they're talking. And instead of cutting, the camera pans to the other person. Mm. I've always liked those tiny cinematic shifts. Okay. Um, and they happen in a couple of conversations with um, the kid and Apple. Yeah. Um, I, I, I just think they had a very nice like cinematic flair without just cutting us up and down the entire time. It's yeah. like a way to modernize the 80s way of cutting film. Yeah, I see that. Uh, which is a very cool touch. Yeah. And of course, and like the dialogue. The di- I just had a lot of fun with the dialogue. I like hearing Apple and the kid talk. Mm. I like hearing the cowboy say shit. And it's an Australian cowboy. Yeah. It's fucking weird. <laughs> you know? I guess. I mean, I don't know enough about the history of Australia. Maybe they had cowboys. I don't, I don't even know what they got there. <laughs> Do they I'm have sh- desert? And <laughs> they and they- <laughs> I don't know what they got. <laughs> Do you guys have horses? <laughs> you know, like, I don't Sorry. know. <laughs> Australia is arguably one of the biggest deserts. Yeah, okay. It's like, I don't, I don't know, you know what they got. Yeah. I know you got Sydney. I know you got this big building. Yeah. You know, that anything, is nice. anything past Sydney mm. 
It's called the Outback, and yeah. it's just it's just desert. Well, yeah, I guess. and it's inhabited. That, that, so yeah. cowboys, yeah, you can have cowboys. Yeah. I guess awesome. you could. <laughs> yeah, I guess you could. That's all you need is desert and opportunity. <laughs> you can have cowboys all day. <laughs> you know? uh, I like that quote. To be a cowboy, all you need is desert and opportunity. Yep. Uh, <laughs> so I lo I loved like the way that the cowboy interacted with the world. He was kind of like that cynic, yeah. just fucking like arm bubble space you mm -hmm. know arm yeah. radius space yeah or like i just love the way that he talked around yeah. the world he was cocky he was confident yeah when he like the blenders were on fire and he lit the cigarette mm -hmm. with the fire on the blender oh, yeah. it's like do you mind and just i uh, just like off <laughs> like it's just fucking cool yeah and i i just i love i love that i love the dialogue um the kid as bland as he is um, I think that a that a fantastic job. Yeah. Um, Apple, her performance is like her. The, the character is annoying. Mm -hmm. It's supposed to be kind of yeah. annoying. But I think the, the character, the person playing the character, she did a great job acting. Fucking fantastic. Yeah. Great job. And of course, Michael Ironside kills the bad guy role because mm -hmm. with a name like Michael Ironside, can you not? Yeah. Like you have to. You have to kill the bad guy role. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a thin plot. Mm -hmm. It's a thin veneer of '80s pop culture. Yeah. Um, to give you gore and give you some 80s nostalgia yep. and just take the piss out of whatever's happening. Yeah. And uh, it's fun. It's it a lot is. of fun. It definitely is. Um, so any last opinions? Uh, let's see. No, huh? No. Cool. So why would you rate this? Um, out of 10, a 6.5. 6.5? And like I said, because of the just the critical things, like I just I couldn't overlook certain things just – because we've rated so many movies and had a critical eye on so many things. Yeah. So it's like, after knowing what a Manic Pixie Dream Girl is, now I see it. After knowing, you know, what, you know, continuity and flow or just like knowing certain things inside of a script, it's just like, uh, like I got to ding you. I mean, <laughs> it's like, it's just unfortunate that I have to, but it's like 6.5. Like it, all the things that it hits, it hits on the head and it does it very well. I don't think any of the artistic things could have been added to make it better in the way that it wanted to be better right you know but it, it is what it is it's very enjoyable if you're a man or a boy you'll like it but probably not girls like, right yeah, yeah. yeah like it definitely has a niche audience yeah. that it wants to reach yeah um and like i'm a huge fan like i'm always i'm a little biased when it comes to movies like this because mm. i'm a huge fan of just like what i call schlock mm. Um, I love schlock. Yeah. Like, give me an action movie that knows it wants to be schlocky, yeah. and I will fucking eat that up. No sauce required. Yeah. It's delicious. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give the movie a seven. Mm -hmm. um, probably because of the same reasons. Like, I feel like some of the, the characters could have been better developed. Yeah. There could have been more depth. I would have liked more female presence yeah. in the movie. Um, but for what it was, I just fucking liked it. Mm -hmm. I just had a good time watching it. Nice. And, like, it was just fun and like i pictured a heavy guitar riff every time the cowboy walked on the screen and mm. that thought makes me happy yeah. and uh it was good to watch after watching a lot of heavy shit yeah. for the last like two or three weeks because we watched like blue valentine yeah. and then blue velvet back to back mm -hmm. and just like ah so refreshing that's right. yeah. good it's good hey. um so that being said we're gonna cut and then go to television and movie premiere Does that happen? Yeah. yeah okay. I can see that. I can see that.
But uh, but this thing, there was a this show called Seinfeld. This show called Seinfeld. <laughs> on Seinfeld, <laughs> there was, there's an episode on Seinfeld wow. where um, Elaine, they're one of her old friends. She sends um, they send Elaine an invitation to her wedding, Man. and it's uh, it's overseas somewhere. It's in India, I believe it is. And she gets the invitation the day before the wedding. Oh Jesus! You know, and it's purposely sent to her. It's like oh, because you know the woman wants to have sent it to her, like to reach out, like yeah, I want you at my wedding. But it was sent the day before you know the wedding, so there's no possible way that she would be able to attend right. in the first place. You know, so it's like they called it an invitational. It's like you were invited, but you weren't. It's an un- an invite. So that's what I feel like I just got. <laughs> I got an invitation because you're already there. I'm not going 45 minutes up to Crowder's Mountain, you oh, know, Jesus. just out of nowhere. Like, uh, that's so weird. That's a weird invite to get. That's an invitation. Like you, you invitation. Like, like you couldn't. You didn't think to send that message an hour ago or two hours ago. Like at what on point? On the way to Crowder's. Yeah, like the only way this is okay is if you happen to just already be there for whatever reason from right. like yesterday or something. <laughs> You know, if you were already up there from yesterday. But otherwise, like, as soon as it became an idea, hit somebody up. Yeah. I agree with that. Uninvitational. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep that on. Right. <laughs> you ready? Yeah. <clears throat> and welcome back. Television and movie premieres. All right. Television and movie premieres from Tuesday, March the 19th through Monday, March the 25th. Uh, the first one's going to be Tuesday, March the 19th. Uh, Amy Schumer is coming back. Uh, Amy Schumer has a comedy special called Growing. Uh, it's gonna be on Netflix this Tuesday, March the nineteenth. Is that the one with the with the cover art that we feel it looks might to, be look I'd too ass- similar to Blair's? I'd assume it would have to be. Yeah, you know? I think so. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, but yeah, that's that's coming out. Growing Tuesday, March the nineteenth. Um, I'm still giving her another chance. I liked her very first stand-up special. I did not like the next two. So this one is kind of like three strikes for me. So yeah. I, I'm gonna watch this to find out if I'm. Yeah. Done or not? Um, shout out to Blair. Give her um, a speaking for two. Is that her stand-up name? I think so. Talking for two, speaking for two. Talking for two. One of them. Two. Yeah. Uh, one of those. Look up Blair Nias on Spotify. Yeah. Find her album. She's fucking fantastic. Yeah, she is. And uh, if you see that Amy Schumer's album work and then Blair's album work looks very similar, mm-hmm. Blair published it first. <laughs> Way first. Very much did. <laughs> anyway. So you guys know that. But that's uh, that's Tuesday, March the 19th. Amy Schumer growing. Uh, the next thing is going to be the same day, The Jim Jeffrey Show. Uh, it's going to be on Comedy Central at 10.30 p.m. this Tuesday, March 19th. Um, he's a funny Aussie. I mean, I, I like yeah, him. Yeah, I like, I like Jim Jeffries. Yeah. That's uh, Tuesday, March 19th. Uh, the next thing is going to be Friday, March the 22nd, The OA. It's a drama oh, sci-fi on Netflix. Yeah, season yeah. two. Like, I, I really liked the first season of OA. I really enjoyed it, and I'm glad they brought it back. They're going to cancel it soon, I'm sure. It's <laughs> like, oh, uh, Chris Lucky, he likes it. <laughs> keep your tracks on him. We've got to get this thing canceled by Netflix season three. Is like, what Netflix actually does, it keeps track of your account, yeah. and then whatever you watch entirely, mm-hmm. they cancel it before, Immediately. The, before the fourth season. <laughs> yep. yeah. Immediately. I think HBO has that thing, too, because like they're doing the same thing. I was watching a show called Crashing. I was talking yeah. to Blair about it. We just finished last episode of season three, and I was like, I can't wait to season four. We go up and look online to find out like canceled. when it's coming back it's not being renewed it has been cancelled damn 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 leftovers cancelled mm-hmm. so it's like yeah the OA season 2 so if you like the OA go watch this one right here because it'll be cancelled after next season <laughs> but um, it'll be Friday Wasn't March the, the 22nd girl, like the good place cancelled too I don't think no okay, no. I don't, I don't, I don't think that's, that's been cancelled go ahead yeah they're cancelling everything <laughs> but that's uh, that's Friday March the 22nd like do you know like I was I'm maybe way off base way far out of the way on this mm-hmm. but 15 years from now, and it's hard to say which one will have more value, but which one has more impact in society 15 years from now, mm-hmm. Netflix or YouTube? Uh, 
I would say, okay, I'm going to say YouTube. I am I'm going to say YouTube. Me too. Because YouTube, Netflix took a platform that already existed and modernized it. Mm -hmm. YouTube created an entirely different digital space. Yes. And a space that none of us ever predict, like the like I just seen, mm -hmm. Shane Dawson, all these people, Philip DeFranco that started when the platform started in yeah. 2006. Yeah. Fucking amazing trends. 2005 was the first. Really? Yeah, 2005 was the first YouTube video uploaded. It was of the creator playing with a giraffe on a zoo. I didn't have YouTube in high school? No. I could have sworn like YouTube was like 2002 or three. No, 2005. Sheesh. Like that's the, that's that's the founding recent. year of YouTube. Wow. 2005. And so like, but then Phil DeFranco, I Justine, all these people that started the trend of being a YouTuber. Yeah. Um, absolutely historical figures in 15 years. Yeah. Like there's just not, even if YouTube shuts down, which it won't because no. it's Google. Yeah. Um, in 15 years, people are just going to be like, fucking Philip DeFranco, the guy that started the new show on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Like it's fucking crazy. Man, like I think about it to where it's just like when I'm watching things, because like I said, this is my mm -hmm. television, my computer, my computer is everything. Yeah. So if I'm watching things, even on my phone, like I, if I go to Netflix, it's to watch a thing that's an hour, hour and a half. Yeah. You know, so I might spend three hours on the Netflix website in my entire 24 hours. I'm spending many more of, of my, much more of my on, up screen time on YouTube than yeah. anything else. You know, because YouTube, I'll go there. How do I figure out how to unplug um, this, um, the toilet? How do I fix yeah. this toilet? I ain't go to Netflix. Nope, you you just, yeah, <laughs> exactly. You know, it's like- I, Netflix I, has a documentary that is all about fixing toilets. Yeah, it take me an hour and a half to it's, watch. It's set to the style of making a murderer. So it's like eight docuseries <laughs> episodes on how to unclog a toilet. So it'll take me a week to figure it out to get to the end. <laughs> That's my favorite thing about YouTube. Like, if you need to learn something, there's yeah. some guy that just went like, hey, this is how you fucking do it. Yep. Do it. Everything. Like, they have everything. It's like, I'm, I can be there for, like, if I'm just traveling somewhere, you know, sitting in the passenger seat of a car, there's nothing on Netflix that can get you in a 15-minute ride. Nope. You know, but you can sit there on YouTube. Is I don't know. It's just, like I said, it might be out of the way far-fetched, but I'm just, like, looking at what the future of entertainment and content, mm -hmm. and I'm seeing... It's a lot more credible directors and producers make their way onto YouTube and start putting shows on there too. Mm -hmm. So I'm just like, there's there's a change. There's going to be a shift happening. But Yeah, I, I think that... So YouTube has been on hot water for like being anti-content creator lately because their policies have shifted drastically from the time that we as content creators were making them money. Yeah. And then had now that advertisers have overtaken the platform and then like put all of their, their, their coin on advertising on YouTube quite heavily. Yeah. Um, it's lost a lot of that appeal for content creators because now they have to be advertiser friendly, yeah. which is the reason why we strayed away from television to In begin with. Yep. Um, so now YouTube is turning into sort of like digital television. Yeah. And a lot of people are like, there's loopholes and all that. Mm. But um, YouTube, apart from being a platform where like almost everybody is spending their time in and yeah. everybody visits to watch videos, yeah. it's created a culture of people that have donated, like gamers in YouTube yeah. in, the, in 2018 gamers alone. Yeah. Uh, $20 million to various charities were raised through gaming on the YouTube platform and live streaming. Yeah. And like just Netflix doesn't have that no. reachability, that sense of community no. around it. So that's why I think YouTube will be the, the most significant platform in 15 years um, because it has a quantifiable change in the way that culture is 
changing around, like not in the way that culture is growing around them. There's and and speaking on that piggybacking on culture mm-hmm. changing, I'm looking at like the people that are 30s and 40s, you know, or maybe late 20s that are still using Netflix, and like, okay, like what am what am I watching on Netflix when I go there? And I'm watching TV series that people that are in their early 20s they weren't around, you know, mm-hmm. or there were reruns when I was you know younger, like Cheers. Uh, and I wasn't watching this in 1986, right. you know, but in 1995, I was watching the reruns from that. And in 2005, you weren't watching the re- reruns of Cheers, you know, so it's like that's not even a place that you would go to watch that. Right. And I thought about like when I was working at a warehouse, I was working around mostly 18, 19 and 20 year olds. And I was trying to talk about a television series and nobody watches television series. Right. Like, nobody is watching them. Like there was like anything that comes on TV. I don't watch TV yeah. in Netflix. I might watch it. So I'm like, what are you watching? YouTube. Right. You know, any any kind of you can get everything on YouTube. So I'm just like, it's, it's just a far fetched thing that doesn't even matter right now. But it's just something that you yeah. can see coming. It's like podcasting. And this Ooh. is why this is why I think podcasting is also like really interesting. Yeah. Um, and the future of entertainment, because there's so much user choice. Yeah. You can choose to watch whatever you want, yep. which is, of course, great. And also has its own setbacks. Like mm. You can watch all right YouTubers yeah. spew racy shit for two hours. Yep. Um, but also you can watch literally anything you want. So like the power is in the consumer, yep. which is why YouTube, I think, is a much bigger, significant platform historically. What's, what's going to happen when they lose like me, me and the people that are like older than me? Like I'm giving like the people that are watching Friends. Like, are you going on Netflix and watching Friends? Hell no. Nah. Are you going on there and watching? Like, like they get a lot of their streaming from people that you know grew up in the, the mm-hmm. 80s and the 90s and are want that nostalgia to go back. That's why they they got rid of Friends and it was like, oh nope, we can't get rid of Friends. Got to bring it back because. We're getting so much streaming from these people that are watching this. They want to have their own original content because they yeah. make a lot more money off their original stuff. But I'm like, what's going to happen when our group phases out? You know, and the only thing you have, the only laurels you have to rest on is your own original content. YouTube is trumping you in original content times yeah. a million. Yeah. And, 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 and part of that is because of the user creation based mm-hmm. thing. So there's going to be a shift in content. Yeah. Once they don't make any money off of our generation, mm-hmm. that's like riding the wave of the narrative things that we used to watch when yeah. we were on telly or yeah. like that. They're just going to cater to the next demographic. And then that's going to look like getting a lot of these independent content creators to make their own shows. A lot of what you watch on YouTube are like video essays and documentaries and like people yeah. just fucking around. Yeah. So I would assume that we're probably going to make a comeback on like gaming shows and mm. we're gonna we're gonna see an increase in those and what does that look like in a television environment like yeah. can you make that fun for the new generation yeah uh can you keep the individuality of like the content creator so i think what's gonna happen is that we're gonna see a drastic change in content yeah. in the in the form that the content is delivered yeah. and then they're gonna cater to that demographic and then when that demographic fucks off they're just gonna do the to same the yeah. until they shut down yeah 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 well. That's it. <laughs> the, <laughs> the advantage that YouTube has is that it's it's it can go as long as people are making content on it. Yes, yeah. it's driven by people. So mm-hmm. I mean, but yeah, that's but that was Friday, March twenty seventh, the twenty second. The OA is returning to Netflix. Oh yeah, fuck, the OA. <laughs> the OA is coming back. Um, but that's it for television. There's only one movie that's going to be out this weekend. It is the follow up to Jordan Peele's Get Out. Uh, oh fuck, that's coming out this week. This weekend, Bad. Uh, us Bad. is rated R, 116 minute runtime. It's a horror thriller. Has an 80 meta score already. And the rundown is: a family serenity turns to chaos when a group of doppelgangers begins to terrorize them. It's uh, directed by Jordan Peele. It stars Lupita Nyong'o, Elizabeth Moss, Anna Diop, and Winston Duke. Nice. I am super excited for us. Um, fucking like just based on get out and yeah. what i've seen from the twilight thing that uh yeah. not the twilight zone is it a twilight zone 
The Weird City? Yeah, Weird City. Like, from what I've seen of, like, what Jordan Peele is doing, mm -hmm. I'm fucking sold. Yeah. He has to make a really bad film for me to not just be like, I got it, man. Yeah. yeah. You know? <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, I'm not into horror, and I feel the no. same way about this as I do about uh, Ari Aster's next movie. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm going to the movies to see both of these movies. Right. But it's like, I don't have the, my hopes up. And I feel like there's something, there's a weird thing there that, that um, we talk about, because you said you were very excited about it. Mm -hmm. And, like, the thought of disappointment makes me lowers my excitement and right. yeah because like you and jonathan have this a lot to where it's like you have an ability to just go into anything with an open mind and it's just i may leave with an incredible enjoyment that i had no idea that i was going to get from this right. or i may leave with a disappointment of seeing one of the shittiest movies you know that i thought i would have seen and just that the ability of great expectations of great or bad that is excitement for you, that yeah. anything can happen. Yeah. You know, and like for me, it's just like anything can happen is anxiety for me because <laughs> <laughs> I have no control. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. I, 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 I love going into a movie and not knowing what the fuck I'm yeah. going to get. It's so, it feels so good for me yeah. because if the movie's bad, yeah. I can at least laugh at how bad it was and okay. I, can, I can get some enjoyment out of like analyzing a bad movie yeah. and why i thought it was bad yeah but if a movie's good yeah i watch a good movie you and i twice. can think about yeah what like yeah i went twice because yeah. i can think about why it's a good film mm. and then i also get to watch a good film yeah uh so like for me like even if a movie's bad yeah. i i seldom shut them off like i seldom stop watching a bad movie mm. television shows i'll fucking stop watching them immediately as soon as they get bad yeah but like a movie, like I, I really want to see what they got because okay. it's only an hour and a half. Yeah, and it's just like, hey, you might turn around, you yeah. might, you might convince me yeah. somewhere along the line. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I love that shit. I'm nice. super excited for Get Out. I'm, I'm gonna go. See I mean, it. not Get Out for us. Uh, uh, us, yeah. Nah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fucking Jordan Peele. Yeah. Oh, so good. Hey. Um, yeah. I think that's it for today's episode, right? Hey. Cool. So I'm gonna go ahead and do the spiel. Thank you all for listening. You can find us on Twitter, underscore FFS Podcast. You can find us on Facebook, at the FFS Podcast. You can find us on Google Play, uh, yeah, Google Play Music app, iTunes Podcast app, Stitcher, and Spotify hey, hey. under the name for film's sake. My personal Twitter handle is at Brian Archia. I'm at THA underscore V-O-N-Z. Hey. hey, and that's it for today's episode, and we will see you all next week. Bye.